Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Rose Shearer here, and welcome to the show. Today, I want to talk about solutions. Are you a person that is willing to find a solution when things are not only in crisis, but in an emotional crisis? Or do you simply want to stomp your feet like a little five-year-old having a tantrum? And that's not judgment. I'm really just painting a clear picture to say, is that, you know, did you, did, when you, when I said that, did you go, Ooh, mm, mm, maybe now I was very on the fence about my last podcast in sharing what had gone on with my family. Uh, in fact, I asked a very close and dear uh, friend who's also a, a businesswoman to say, listen to this for me. Cause she usually listens to, to the show and just let me know if I should pull it because Although my higher self said to put it on the air, it clearly needed to reach someone. It is always very hard to not only bear your soul about your own personal family and life, but the fact that I was sharing really about someone else as well. And that can be really tough. That can be really tough. So I hope whoever might have listened to it uh, found something worthwhile in it. And I'm going to go on with a little bit of that. The reason I mentioned it is because I'm going to use a little bit of that for today to say, do we find solutions? Now, here's what has happened and why I bring this up. I'm going to stick with my sister and her daughter situation for just a second because one of the things I noticed is how wonderfully forward my sister's growth is when I keep my mouth shut. I know it's very tempting to always wanting to fix or judge or um, sometimes even condemn that's you know when we don't agree with someone's decisions or you're impatient for their process but you can't be we all have our process it's all we're here for we're not here to chase wealth and everything else we're actually here to grow and experience and that unfortunately is is a bit of a bill of goods that's been sold us so we look through the world through the wrong filter I feel most of the time because I think we're mistaken on why we're truly here. But that's a podcast for another day. What is important today is the fact that we all need a little time to get to where we're going. So the situation with my niece kind of blowing things out of proportion and then attacking my sister and she's in a very toxic place in her life right now, which is why she's calling my sister toxic and keeping her grandchildren away from her because she's deflecting. It is such a common habit and we are all usually guilty of it at one point or another. There are many things we may not like to face in our lives. And let me tell you, when you have finally faced them, like I have in, at my age and experience and look back on your life, it is also very hard not to keep beating yourself up about it, but you can't, you gotta let it go. Learning experience, apologize who you need to apologize for, and let it go. So one of the things my sister is uh, dealing with right now is her boundaries. 
And I'm very proud of her because these boundaries should have been in place when my niece was a teenager. Now that my niece is 31-ish, she has got a learned behavior that unfortunately she learned at my sister's knee. But everyone's realizing this is just isn't acceptable. And even as the aunt, I ran interference for a long time for my niece. And I realized now when my sister was sharing sort of her hurt and her struggles the other day with me is that we do all need to quit just standing in a room while my niece lips off my sister and trying to keep peace. It is time we stood up to her and said, you know what, kiddo, that behavior is not going to be tolerated anymore. And if you can't hold your tongue, you need to leave. Just leave. You're not, you are literally not welcome here if you are going to continue to behave that way. We love you. We want you here. But there are, there are boundaries. Boundaries are always so tough because you feel like the bad guy a lot of the time. I know I'm going through something in my life right now that's going to affect my family. And I'm just, it's not even like no one around me understands my guilt. They're like, this is ridiculous. Why are you even feeling guilty about this? It's your right to do it. You need to do it. These things need to happen. But I know there might be some hurt feelings. And again, not my problem, but I can't help the fact that it is upsetting me. So I really have got to spend some more time in some meditation and talking to my higher self to, you know, to really be okay with the fact that I don't need to feel guilty for looking after myself. My sister does not feel need to feel guilty for having boundaries and neither do you. So it's kind of funny because the growth is happening quite quickly now. There was an incident before this one I even talked about in my last podcast where there had been another fight in the family about a month or so ago when my sister had everyone in for dinner. And my sister had a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, which she admits now to say, yeah. So I told all my children that this will be the last dinner I host in a while. I didn't say, hey, no, if the one daughter out of the three keeps abusing me, she won't be welcome here. I cut off all the children. Now that everyone's kind of calmed down or able to talk things through and calmly and just really look at it more objectively, she realized this isn't fair to my other two daughters, especially when one of them is going through her own growth in accepting a change in my sister's personal life. So she's been, you know, kind of trying to be understanding, but at the same token, again, don't be rude to me and don't teach, treat me with disrespect. This is, it's hard for children to understand that their parents have lives, especially if you've been a parent that lives for your children. If you were like my sister was a stay at home mom and your whole life was lived for your children and they have always just expected you and their father. Now, remember my brother-in-law, if you're not a regular listener, we lost my brother-in-law. Uh, the first week of January of this year to a fast growing brain tumor. And my sister has grieved and healed and has started to move on because Angie does not have regrets about her marriage. She had a spectacularly happy marriage with very few regrets. Was it perfect? No. But she doesn't have regrets about her marriage at all. She she knew that when her husband passed away, she was loved and she was secure in that love. So she can grieve him. But I sometimes watch a lot of people with their judgment and and attitudes that I think they tie up so much guilt and their own issues into their grief that it makes it something that's not, it truly isn't. Grieve for the sake of actual grieving, as in we miss that person in our lives. We wish he was back here because we all do, but he's gone. He fulfilled his purpose that he chose to have in this life 
and he and he left now you need to understand that as, even as a Christian, I do not believe God called him home. I do not believe God is cherry picking people to pull off this earth. I believe we were created. We were given the earth as a, um, as a, uh, ours to, to look after. The word I'm looking for is our legacy. And that the law of attraction or prayer is how we get God to step in to help us. I do not believe he is out there just meddling. That's what free will is all about. You want to do bad things, you're going to have consequences for those bad things. And contrary to a lot of Christians, I don't believe that this is, we only come down once and I don't believe we're just here to become saved. It's really not even realistic with the number of billions of people around this planet and how there's people all over this planet that have never been subject to the story of Jesus Christ. So how can they all be going to hell? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so religion right now for me is just a really dark mark. I believe it's been used to control. I believe a lot of it, a lot of spiritual teachings have been there for our own well-being. We have turned it into a do's and don'ts, us and them, good and bad. Where can you ever justify killing a young Iranian girl? Grown men beating a young girl to death because she had a curl coming out of her headdress. The evil ones there was not the young lady, was the men. They should be put before a firing squad. Like, they're murderers and no religion has the right to tell you that's okay. So I'm having a real, I have an issue with religion and I have for most of my adult life. I've really kind of questioned everything. So that's what's kind of going on here in the fact that we get raised with certain attitudes and we allow certain behaviors sometimes, and then it's really hard to put up boundaries later or to change your mind because we get locked into a belief system, and it's kind of a little bit like the Canadian government right now. When they make a mistake, instead of admitting and correcting it, they double down on the bad behavior. And it's like, mm, that's actually not how we move forward as a society or as a human race. Growth is so important. So, Angela realizes, realized quite quickly within a few weeks that mm, this really wasn't fair to the other daughters. Okay. Um, so sorry, going back to, I, I, I got lost there on my, on my point there. I talked about my sister moving on and one of her daughters having an issue with it. Yes, my sister is dating. Someone was brought into her life that is just literally custom made for her. She is so fortunate to have found two amazing men in one lifetime where there's people out there that have waited their whole lives and still haven't found someone. So she is, she recognizes that she lives in a bubble and she's very grateful for that bubble. She also recognizes it's very hard for the people around her, for her to have moved on and, and consider dating and falling in love with someone new when her husband hasn't been dead a year yet. But like the point I was trying to make there was we put all these judgments in place, but are they really valid? Yes, you need to be careful you're not getting taken advantage of, that you're not rebounding, that you're not so desperate not to be alone. Her and her guy understand all that. What's important here, the point I was trying to make was, she did not leave a, mess, a marriage with regret. Her husband did not leave this world with her having regrets that she piled on top of her grief. She grieved. She's trying to function in her life. She's very clear she doesn't want to be alone and she attracted this into her life. And the story is just so fluky. So you really, when you, if, if I'll, maybe I'll tell it one day when I have her permission. It's like, seriously, what are the odds? So, you, you know, you got to run with the blessings when they're given to you. You know, God doesn't keep sending you things 
over and over again and you keep saying no and then you go at him and say, why aren't you answering my prayers? Well, sometimes I think our judgment is that we want him to answer our prayers our way. Well, guess what? That's not how it works. So she realized quite quickly that her boundaries were affecting three people when they really only need to be affecting one. So proud of her. So, but you know, the problem is as humans, we don't necessarily get to that point really quickly. And we have to give ourselves grace to stand back and say, okay, can I solve? We're going to go back to what we're talking about today. Is there a solution to this issue that I can see right in front of me? Because often when we're in the moment, when we are in the emotion or the drama and the storm, we tend to muddle the situation with the high emotions, the adrenaline's running through our body and knee-jerking, feeling marginalized or having judgments. You know, all these things we keep hanging on to. And the only person that can change that is you. If you are still pointing a finger at someone else in your life, I'm going to tell you right now, that's going nowhere for you. The only person that can change is you. Okay. So it was really, it was really exciting for me to keep my mouth shut and let her work through this over a few weeks, sit down again with her and have a cup of tea and realize she got there on her own. It was very exciting. So now there's something coming up for Halloween and she's got to make a choice to say, should I still have this annual event that we have been doing for years, not only with our family, but there's friends that join them versus canceling it all because one daughter is not speaking to me, holding my grandchildren back from me and badmouthing me. So I'm, I'm not going to tolerate that verbal abuse any longer. I think she should go ahead and have the event and be, make it very clear to her daughter that she will not be welcome that, that evening. I'm terribly sorry. And so when I say she's staying away, it is very much like my niece to show up uninvited, even though she is punishing my sister right now and cause a scene. That is very much her personality. So in order to avoid the scene, my sister was making everybody pay for that. So this was kind of interesting. And Going back to what we talked about in my last podcast, how this whole fight started with the fact that my sister was babysitting overnight and needed to return the children a couple of hours early in the morning versus 11, drop them off at nine, fed, clothed, ready for the day. But her daughter wanted to sleep in and relax and didn't want her kids there at 11. So instead of everyone talking it through, the yelling, screaming, the condemning, the you always language started, when all this took was my other niece lives next door to my sister? She could have simply said, I'll watch the kids for two hours. It's all good. That is the point I'm making with what I just spoke about, how it's very hard to make good problem-solving solution-based decisions in the heat of the moment, okay? So sometimes what you might need to consider is, don't make decisions right then. Say, okay, everyone needs, we just need to step away here because I don't think clearly when I'm upset. It was funny because the next part I'm going to talk about is my mom. And my sister, I just, this just came to mind as I was about to launch into this one about finding solutions where she said, don't let mom trigger you. Don't let mom trigger you. Well, mom doesn't really trigger me like she used to. I've let that go. But my mom had a very bad day on Sunday. So I thought it would be nice to try and take her out one more time for high tea. Uh, uh, not that I've taken her for high tea, just trying to get her out of the house and do this something nice for her. 
And you know, it's a hundred dollar day and I was taking her and my sister was taking her mother-in-law. And I love going for high tea. Like it's, it's very much a Shelly thing. I like putting on a little pretty day dress, doing my hair, having a mimosa, enjoying all the wonderful foods, being in a beautiful hotel setting in a beautiful restaurant. I enjoy it. I don't just pay for the food. I pay for the ambiance, the experience in the three hours with my friends or family, whoever I'm spending the day with. I can be real cheapskate about other weird stuff. That to me is an experience I really, really enjoy partaking in. So I bought this Groupon. I'm taking my mom to high tea. Angie's taking her mother-in-law. I go down to the property the week before and I write it on the board. Mom, we're going for high tea next Sunday. Oh, that sounds lovely, honey. Then I phone her Sunday morning. Hi, mom. Did you remember we're going out for high tea this morning? Nope. Okay, no problem. You've got two hours. Oh, good, she says. I says, just, uh, what should I wear? I said, my black slacks good in a blouse? I said, perfect. I said, I'm just in a little day dress, but you don't have to be. Okay, sounds great. Luckily, I went down an hour early because my husband needed to drop me as he was dropping one of our students off at the airport. It was a very much an airport day on Sunday for all three members of my family. It was quite funny. We were all there two hours apart from each other, so nobody could get anything aligned with the same timeline. So three different trips were done up to the airport. And so I showed up early, thought this is good, just in case my mom is having a, you know some issues, I'll be there and uh, I'll wait for Mark to show up and then we'll, the three of us will meet Angie at the, at the restaurant because she was already at the airport. <laughs> oh yeah, I walk in, my mom's in her sweatpants watching TV. I says, hi mom, what you doing? You know, just kind of in that tone. She goes, she looks at me, why? And she wasn't upset. She, I said, um, I phoned you, we're going for high tea. Okay. And then you could just see that she was in a mood. The attitude started. And she starts doing the typical dementia stuff of blame, blame, blame. Why don't you kids tell me anything? Why isn't it on the board? I, I says, Mom, I'm not going to fight with you. Please come with me. We walk out and there it is on the board. So she shuts up because she realizes she now has no argument. My mother is not a pleasant person. She wasn't a pleasant person in life. And she's not a pleasant person with dementia, okay? Even though the last number of years I've enjoyed a better relationship with her because she's quit attacking me all the time, her general personality really, it just isn't great. And when you are frustrated and scared and can't remember, you're, you're probably going to amplify your worst behavior because it, it just happens. Dementia is an Alzheimer's. My daughter-in-law works in this industry and it is rough. It is rough for everybody but especially for the patient. So no problem. I'm like, hey, we've got time, but mom attacking me is really kind of not the answer here. Here it is. And I phoned you an hour, hour and a half ago. Okay, so now she's pouting. So we go into the room and start looking for clothes. I grab a pair of nice black slacks. I grab a pretty blouse. Well, then we realize we don't have black shoes. I guess they wore out, but I didn't know that and I didn't understand all I know is she's gone th going through the roof about where's my nylons. She hasn't left the house in almost five years. Why would she need nylons? You kids have gone through my drawer. We were just to blame for everything. My sister had brought her four brand new pairs of shoes when she did. I found out later when she did take away the, the broken ones. And the funny thing is old people, they think you don't touch my stuff because that's what I'm used to. But things still wear out and have to be replaced. And not having any acceptance of that is very difficult for the caregiver because we feel completely abused and completely not appreciated. So she was carrying on and started to yell at me and then started to cry and you just go without me. And I says, mom, really, you've been so good lately. Today's the day you're going to have a meltdown. And I was very calm. 
for about 20 more minutes. Then I did lose it and had to walk out of the room and, and do a little prayer, talk to my higher self because that just, that serves nothing. I said, this day is kind of, you know, costing me a lot of money. And I was kind of hoping you'd be a little more appreciative because this behavior is just, you know, it's not acceptable. She didn't want to hear that either. She just wanted to rant. So where I'm going with the story is she didn't want to find a solution. And my mother has never been a person that wants to find a solution. She wants to judge, blame, and punish. So I finally walked away when I did, had a bit of a, you know, don't you talk about Angie this way. She does so much for you. And don't talk to me in that tone of voice. Then I walked away and realized raising my voice at her isn't helping. So I let her march around and slam doors and for the fourth time go through the same. My mom, the problem that we have is no plans were made for her as she got older. So she's living in 4,000 square feet of space that yes, she is comfortable with, but it's so much space that she can get herself in a huge meltdown because she's going through cupboard after cupboard after room after room and it's like it's too much it's it's just too much but again that's for another day and it's not my call I'm not the one that makes those decisions so I let her march around the house for another 20 minutes and I go into the bedroom finally with the brown shoes in my hand and I don't care what color shoes she's wearing you got to understand this wasn't me dressing her I mean I was doing my best to make her look nice and make sure she was clean but I don't care whether she's, that she's wearing brown shoes and her top was silver and gray. I don't care. As long as they were comfortable and we could get out of the house. But it bothered her. And she's looking for the black ones, but none of the black ones with open toes she was willing to wear. So anyways, I finally walked in with the brown shoes in my hand and I said, you know what? I'm actually tired of this abuse. You're acting like a five-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. You've got black pants on. You must wear these shoes because they're all we've got. We've spent an hour now, mom, having a fight about this. If you want to match, the only thing that needs to change here is change your top. You have 17 of them in the cupboard. Just grab something navy and tan or tan that will go with the brown shoes and we're good to go. She mouthed me off for a few more minutes and then actually ripped the top off her head and went and put on a nice pretty little beige and brown, uh, blue and brown one. And she looked fabulous. Then I proceeded to curl her hair and put her jewelry on her and everything. I struggle probably more so than my sister in situations like that because I'm solution oriented. So when a solution is not being offered, when a tantrum or anger or blame or anything, it doesn't matter, is just being thrown out willy nilly or there is the constant cycle of, well, it shouldn't have happened that way. Well, do you know what? It did. So now how about we deal with what we're dealing with? The, again, the name of my podcast, the whole coulda, woulda, shoulda thing of, of, you know, it should have been this way and the regret and I would have done it and the procrastination, all that. It's irrelevant. Always deal with the problem at hand or the situation presented in front of you. Finding solutions is a good habit to get into. And when you, when you are dealing with someone that is having a meltdown and is that five-year-old that's basically, uh, just imagine them holding their breath until their face turns red and they're screaming and stomping their feet is serving no one. So that's what I wanted to talk today, today about. Are you a solution-oriented person or are you so attached to the outcome you think should have happened and your need to blame that you cannot find a solution and you cannot move forward?
Now, once I got her dressed, and yes, she cried through putting on her makeup, and we had to... I text Angie's mother-in-law to say, hey, Mark, because I've known her my whole life, and she's the most gracious, lovely lady who, when I was a single mom for years before I met my husband, included me in every family function. Mark was just such a sweetheart. So she always included my son, Ryan, and I. And for that, I'm very, very grateful. So I just phoned her. I did not let her know mom was having a meltdown just to find her ETA. She goes, oh, I'm going to be there in 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh, thank God. So I went in and I curled mom's hair and I says, Marcus should be here any minute. That calms mom down because my mother doesn't misbehave in front of strangers. She only acts like a banshee in front of her children and family. My girlfriend Mary used to always have a saying, always invite a stranger to Christmas dinner. The whole family behaves (laughs) and there's no drama. Unfortunately, that is actually quite true. So I didn't let her know what was going on, but I knew the second she walked in the door, my mom would put on the social face of, hi, so glad to see you. Isn't this lovely? The girls are taking us out. While she has just spent an hour cussing me out, calling me named every name under the book, how terrible daughters Angie and I are to her and just to leave her home and I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You gotta love it. So even if... All you get out of this is a bit of a giggle because you probably have someone in your life like this. So be it. But it doesn't have to be about family and drama and all of that jazz. It can be your own life. It can be work. It could be anything. Finding solutions and being a solution-oriented person by practice that then in turn become habit is a very good way to do best and better in this life. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com and Instagram at livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.